So we are going to continue on the series, The Mystery and Patterns of the Kingdom. The Mysteries and Patterns of the Kingdom. Now, the reason why I went into this series is that as believers, there are some things we know. But I think as we begin to grow in the Lord, it's always good to be reminded again of some of the things that we know. And there are some things that I myself, as I studied this week or this past week uh, in preparation for today, there are some things about faith that I thought I knew what faith was. But there are some things that God revealed. I'm like, wow. So these things, the secrets of God, the mysteries of God, the patterns of God, he keeps revealing them as to seek him more and as to, as to follow him and as you want to know him more. Because like I said, these secrets that God reveals, when he reveals it to you, it belongs to you. And he says also for your children. So you need to pass them on to your children. And so we started by saying that God has secrets. God has secrets. But there are some secrets he chooses to reveal. There are some he chooses not to reveal. But the ones that he's revealed, we are going to make sure we, we know them. And there are patterns for those secrets. When he reveals secrets to us, or mysteries as I call them, is to benefit us. So when he reveals things, it's for us to get what the benefit are. So we talked about the mystery of Thanksgiving last week. And so this week, I want to talk about the mystery and pattern of promotion. The mystery and pattern of promotion. Increase, enlargement, greatness, lifting. All of those are part of being promoted by God. It is God's desire. Listen to this, please. It is God's desire that we don't stay the same year in and year out. God desires to promote us. God desires to take us from one level to another. As a believer, your understanding of the things of God last year should not be the same this year. Your, things, your, 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 your understanding of the things and the secrets of the kingdom should not be the same. For example, if one year you choose to work on your finances... Take that one year and begin to learn everything you want to know about finances. What are the secrets of God concerning finances? What are the ways, the patterns, the principles that God has laid down concerning finances? You take that, you walk it from the beginning to the end, and you see the glory of God on your life. And then the following year, take another area of your life. What I found that even in my life is that Christians, we just shadow box. We just, we take one principle, we walk it halfway, it doesn't work, we leave it alone. We go to another principle, we walk it. It's not like we don't know these things, but most of the time we don't follow very meticulously the patterns that God has given us for the mysteries that he's revealed to us. For example, the Bible says that he who scatters is the one that will grow in finances. So if you want to grow your finances, decide, okay, in 2024, I'm just going to be a giver. And then see what God will do for you before the end of the year. Another scripture says, if you want to be a friend, if you want to have friends, make friends. And so you are one person, you say, well, I don't have any friends. People don't like me. People don't want to say hi to me. 
Make it a, take, take that thing next year and say, God, this coming year you said I should be friendly so that we have friends. Go out of your way to call people. Go out of your way to visit people. Go out of your way to give to people. And before the end of the year, you can go back and say, God, I took this mystery and I followed the pattern and see what has happened. Thank you. So these things we are teaching, like when God says, prior to now, hitherto, we've not asked anything. And I'm like, Lord, we've, we've asked. I have prayer lists. We put here five things I want you to do for me. Five things I'm going to do for you. He said, but some of those things, you've not asked in understanding. We need to understand God works by patterns. God has principles. If you follow those principles, I mean, you will enjoy God. Now, some of the principles, like the one I'm going to talk about today, the mysteries and patterns of promotion, there's some of it that we will see it like the mystery of the seed. A seed has to die for that seed to bring forth a lot of other seeds. Faith, there's a mystery concerning faith that we're going to see this morning. So our scriptures, Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7, our foundation scriptures. It says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. So it's saying here that promotion does come from God. God promotes people. God leaves people. God enlarges people. God makes people great. Greatness is not a dirty word. It's a good word. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm going to stay on this scripture for the next maybe 30 minutes or so. Because there's so much in this one verse. So much here about promotion in the kingdom of God. And then Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 28, he says, and he said, that's Jesus talking, he says, the kingdom of God is as a seed a man should scatter on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. So pretty much you sow the seed and you go about your business. And then you come one day, you find out that the sprouting, and you don't know how. And verse 28 says, For the earth yields crop by itself, but look at the pattern the, the, the seed follows to yield a crop, to yield an increase, promotion. It says it first starts with the blade. Then it starts with, goes to the head before the full ear of corn is revealed. There's a whole lesson there. Because as believers, when we're asking God for promotion, for increase, for lifting, sometimes he will bring, bring a little, just like the feast, the little feast of cloud like Elijah saw when he was praying. What do you do when it's just that little first blade you see? It's very important in the harvest that's coming. Because some people will abort the promotion at that point. Some will abort it when it's at the head level. We don't get to the full grain because we don't understand the mysteries of the seed. Hopefully I can get to that this morning. So basically I'm telling you today that you don't have to remain at the same level you have been. If there's something you desire for God to do for you, is there a certain level you want to go to spiritually? You can start at being somebody who, who God saved, 
Before you know it, start desiring spiritual things. I want to prophesy. I want to see visions. I want to dream dreams. Stay with God. Find out what are the patterns. What do, prophecy, they had a school of prophets. They had a school to teach people how to prophesy. You have to learn these things. So there are some things you can spiritually ask God for. Material, you can say, Lord, I don't want to be in debt anymore. This coming year, I'm going to get out of debt. Go buy books. Let me tell you, knowledge, the Bible says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Get books, Christian books. Read, listen to messages about coming out of debt, about being financially free. Curb your spendings. Decide on different things to do. By the end of the year, you will see where God has taken you. What am I saying? These secrets that God is revealing, sometimes all you, just start with one. Just start with one in an area, spiritually, materially, emotionally. Start with one. Now, it is God that's going to promote you, though. It's not you doing, going to do it by yourself. God will not consult anybody to promote you. God will not ask anybody whether he should lift you. But if you're following his rules, if you're following his patterns to follow on the mysteries he's revealed to you, I promise you, God will promote you. Now, there are two dimensions that I want to talk about. I'll probably stay on the first one. If time permits, we'll do both, but I don't believe we'll be able to do both. There are two dimensions of this promotion that God gives, that God does for us, that I want us to look at. The first dimension is understanding the mystery and pattern of faith. It's very important that you follow closely. And then the second is the mystery that comes from understanding the patterns of a seed. Now I'm going to go back to that Hebrews 11.6. And I'm going to stay on this scripture like I told you. And let's, let's, let's dissect this, this verse. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him, which is God. For he who comes to God must believe that God is. You must believe, you must be convinced, you must be persuaded that God is. And then, you have to believe that he's a rewarder. And he rewards only a certain kinds of people. He doesn't reward people who jump in today and jump out tomorrow. He doesn't reward people who don't even know what they're asking for. He rewards people who diligent. That's the key word, they're diligent. Stay on it. Endure. Don't let go. Hold fast. I like a flint because you know you want that promotion in whatever area. You don't go to the gym for three days and then after that you give up. That's not diligence. You don't pay your tithe for two, three months and then ah, nothing is happening. Meanwhile, you may have just gotten a blade about to shoot out of the ground. You just aborted it. The diligence is the key. See, when the Bible says things and, and puts words, sometimes I'm like the Holy Spirit is so precise. He knew what he was saying when he put that word. That's a whole message, diligently. That is the key. And unfortunately, me included, Sometimes we are not diligent enough. We put all our effort in at the beginning. And, just, just, and then very soon it's like the air is out of the balloon. We give up. We just 
go back. Meanwhile, that is even the time you should give more. You should pursue more. You should hold fast more. So God is a rewarder, but those who diligently seek him. But what makes you a diligent seeker? What makes somebody do that for a God that you don't see? What will make you to hold fast and do something over and over and over and over, even when you're not seeing the results yet? So we're going to walk that scripture back. We're going to walk that scripture back. It says there, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot even have faith on a God you don't know. So it tells you that for you to even come to him and have faith in him, you must believe that he is. So you must know God for who God is. You must know God. If you don't know God, you will not be able to have faith. If you don't know God, you will not be diligent. I'm telling you, that's just the truth. So everything in faith for whatever you need God to do for you starts with your knowledge of who God is. Not what God can do, not what God has done for Pastor Angela. What is, who is God to you? Do you know God? And don't be too quick to say, yes, I know God. Don't, don't, uh, uh. don't be too quick. Don't be too quick you say, you, to say you know God. It's something you really have to think about deeply. Do you know God? Do we know God? How much of God, secrets of God do you know? How much patterns of God can you say in my life I've followed? I'm not asking you if, you've been, if you're born again. I'm not asking you if you speak in tongues. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you, have you had an experience? Have you been exposed? Has God, do you know him? Have you, Pastor Roy right now, if I tell uh, uh, Cheryl that I know Pastor Roy, and she comes here and she says I know Pastor Roy, you know it's not the same knowing we're talking about. There are some things she knows about Pastor Roy I will never know about Pastor Roy. So when I say I know God, I know Pastor Roy, and she says I know, I know Pastor Roy, he's her husband. He's not my husband. So right there, the, the difference in knowing is already, li- that's what I'm asking. What do you know of God? John the Baptist thought he knew God. He's the one that introduced Jesus. He's the one that ordained Jesus into ministry. He's the one that heard the voice of, of God from heaven saying, This is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. He is the one that, he's a cousin to they grew up together. But when the robber hit the road, what did he say? Are you the one who is to come? Or should we look for another? That's what I'm talking about. Do you know God? The journey of faith that will lead to promotion has to start with all of us beginning to know God the way God wants us to know him. Amen? So who is God to you and who is God to me? He says, believe that he is. You must be persuaded about God. No great man, no great woman, that really goes to a level in whatever field, in, in religion, in your faith, in business, in whatever, you don't get to the top level, you don't get promoted if you don't know what you're doing. Nobody here just goes up and says, okay, I want, to be, I want to be a physician. No, you have to go through school. 
So that by the time you say, I'm a physician, they know that you know what a physician does. We must believe that he is. That's what the first thing for you to get promoted in the kingdom of God, you must know. Look, let, me, let me read this scripture and, and, and show you one of the things that make us sometimes to waver in our knowing. Matthew 11, to, uh, 11 verses 2 to 3. And when John had heard, we're talking about John again. When John had heard in prison about the works of Christ. Here I am in prison. And how dare you be doing works outside where I am? He didn't know, he didn't know, he really didn't know God. At least for this area. He said he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the one coming? Or do we look for another? He's wondering, why would you be giving a breakthrough to somebody else doing works outside of where I'm not there, here I am in prison, I expected something else from you. I expected you to save me from this prison. I expected you to break in here and, and show your power. After all, the heavens opened and God said, you are my only beloved son. Here I am in prison and you are there to do other works outside where I am. And you've not come me that introduced you. So knowing God sometimes is that you see him, you are in prison and yet you see him doing for others. Maybe you're sick, you're trying to work on that and you pray for people and they get healed. Maybe you're working on your finances, but you see God blessing other people. How, how do you react? How do you react when God hasn't answered your own cry to him, but he answered your sister or your brother? How do you react? Are you going to be like John that says, ah, what of me? Here I am in my prison. Are you dare to do stuff for sister, sister B or sister A? There's a knowing of God that understands that as a seed, you may have been planted that time and there's dirt over you at that period. And that's that season you're in. And so that other sister may be in their harvesting period. Or brother may be in the harvesting period and that's not where you are yet. And so you stay where God has kept you, content in that position, but praying and believing God that yours too is coming. That's what he didn't do. He got offended at God. Isaiah 40, verse 28. says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. <laughs> the understanding of God is unsearchable. What we can ever know of God is going to be ever limited. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, Is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out that matter. So that means that the things that God has revealed to us, when we seek it out, he conceals it, not from us, but for us. And then when you unveil that thing, it brings glory. It says it's for the glory of us when we understand some of these things. That knowing God is a way to go. That God doesn't think the way we think. God doesn't think, behave the way we behave. You expect God to come from the right, you are looking there, he comes from the left. 
You expect him to come from the front and you are waiting, he comes from the back. So to know that, when you know that, it stabilizes your faith to wait for your promotion. When you know that the way God works with each of us is individual. The way he works with me is not the way he's going to work with you, Michelle. The way he works with me is not the way he's going to work with you. And so you are able to stand and not abort what you've started. That is so crucial. That is the promotion, any promotion you will get, you have to have a track record. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to that. I might get to that next week. Track with God, a track record is the number one thing you have to have. God, like I said one other time here, God has to be able to trust you. And for God to trust you, you have to have a track record. If I'm going to employ Pastor Roy again now, and I'm looking for certain qualities, I'm not going to employ somebody who you worked for three months, you went to another job. That's what I look at, look at when I'm looking at a resume. You worked for this company, you're only there for six months. Then you went to this other company, you were there for one year. Then you went to another one, you were there for three months. When you see that, there's no track record. There's no, there's no history of, stable, of being stable. You jump and jump and jump. That kind of a person, even in the real world, I will not employ that person. Why would God employ you when you can't stay on, some, on the principle for a whole year? For five years. Abraham stayed on one for 25 years. Noah stayed on a principle for a hundred years. We, we need to learn how to stay on principles. Walk it, walk it, walk it. Don't give up. Amen? I gave you the example in Proverbs eleven twenty four. It says there's one. That's an example of a principle. It says there's one who scatters, yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. You say, wow. Okay. In the human mind, when we think, we need to just, we, need, we want to gather, we want to have more. That's how the human mind thinks. But God says, no, for you to have more, you need to scatter. That's the way he thinks. Naaman, the, the leprous uh, uh, commander-in-chief, went to Elijah to be healed because he had leprosy. When he went there, he was expecting the man of God to come out, lay hands on him, and do, you know, he's a big guy, he's a general. That one didn't even come out, just sent a message, tell him to go and bathe. He would have missed his promotion, his healing, if not for the little slave girl. I said, you don't have, God doesn't always do things the way we think he should do it. His ways are so much higher than our ways. But how do we know God the way he wants us to know him? It's by the Holy Spirit. It is only by the Holy Spirit. And that's why for us who believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you want, the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it hasn't even entered the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for us, his children. He says, but these things are revealed to us through who? Through the Holy Spirit. So for us, praying in tongues, spend an hour praying in tongues. Just stay in it. And as you pray, you begin to have God reveal things and download things into your spirit. Stay with that. When you want to read the Bible and study, ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. 
Don't just pick the Bible and start reading. Engage the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the help of the Holy Spirit. Tell him to open your eyes and help him, you to understand what God, the secrets. Everything you read in the Bible, there's always something that God wants to give to us in it. Amen? In John chapter 16, verses 13 to 14, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, revelation of mine, and he will declare it to you. Amen? That's amazing. So it talks about knowing God. That's why I'm, I, I, I didn't lose my train of thought. That scripture talks about it is impossible to please God. For if you come to him, you must know who he is. So we've talked about knowing God, and one of the things you would know about God is that God's ways are higher than our ways. Then he talks about you must live by faith. He started by saying, if you come to him, you must have faith first, and then believe that he is. He says you must live by faith. Living by faith is the only way to please God. There's no other way to please God. Let's look at what the Bible says. I'm just going to read four or five scriptures here. In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, it says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Who shall live by faith? And what shall the just do? Live by faith. I'm going to be asking that. Don't, don't let me lose you. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the what? Who shall live by faith? And the just shall live by what? Okay, Hebrews 10 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Who shall live by faith? And what shall the just do? Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. But no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For what? Who shall live by faith? And what shall the just do? And so Hebrews 11 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please him. So the question is, what is faith? Just like before I ask you, do you know God? This question again, don't be too quick to say that you know what faith is. What is faith? If I ask you, do you have faith in God? What will your answer be? Most likely you say, yes, I have faith. But do you know that faith has two sides to it? Faith is like a coin. You have two sides to faith. That's where most of, most of us don't know that. Now, let me read something for you. In Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it, verse 2, the elders obtained a good testimony. So, what your physical eyes see, faith is what your spiritual eyes can see. That's what that is just saying in simple terms for a fifth grade to understand. That what your physicals can see, I can see this napkin here now, my physical eyes can see it. Faith is, I have spiritual eyes that can also see 
even when my physical eyes don't see it. And those spiritual eyes tell me that that thing has substance. Although I don't see it, there is substance to it. And then I begin to hope that that thing I have that has substance, I know. The hope is not I'm wishing. The hope is I know that God is going to put substance so that my physical eyes can see it. Now, if you read Hebrews chapter 11 and you see the hall of faith, you're going to see the two kinds of faith that I'm talking about this time. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 to 35, before I tell you the two kinds of faith. It says, who through faith, talking about people that had faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, walked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, verse 34, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life. This is the conquering faith. This is one side of faith that conquers. Yeah, things happen. You pray and it happens right away. You conquer by faith. You stop the mouth of lions. The people die, you raise, put your hands on them. You raise them up and they rise up from the dead. This is the kind of faith we all think faith is. The conquering faith. But there's another side of faith. We're going to look at it in that same Hebrews 11. Because remember, the Bible is telling us this is what we call the hall of faith. People that were here in the hall of faith were those that God deemed for us to know that they had faith. And that we should be like them, we should emulate them. But look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 from 35b to 38. It says, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. That they might obtain a better resurrection. This is New Testament. Still others had trials of mockeries, trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown in two. They were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins. Being destitute, afflicted and tormented. They didn't have faith. They didn't have faith, destitute, afflicted, tormented, son in two. All the apostles except John was killed in one way or the other. Some were put in oil to boil. Some were, they decided they wouldn't even allow themselves to be killed. Like Jesus he said, crucify me upside down. They crucified them upside down. There were some that they were sown, a saw in two from the top to the bottom. Did they have faith? The Bible is telling you here, yes, they had faith because they are in the hall of faith. So I'm telling you that faith has two sides to it. And the days that are coming, we must realize that we are going to be seeing more of this enduring faith. The conquering faith, yeah. But God is expecting us to realize that enduring faith is also faith. Enduring faith is also faith. Where they will... They will Put you in prison because of your faith. Where you have a gun being placed on you and you are told, deny Jesus or die. What are we going to do when that happens? I told you all the dream I had that scared me. The kind of things that are coming. And they are coming. The Bible has already said the, the, the beginning of sorrows. Things are going to happen. We need to be very established in our faith. Our faith is not only when God blesses you. Your faith is not only when God puts money. If your faith is only based on money, you are not, you're not a believer. 
If your faith is only how much money I have in my account, I'm sorry, you don't even know, you don't know God. You really don't. If your faith is based on your comfort, if God makes me comfortable, then I have faith, my faith is working, you are miserable. Because God didn't make some of these people comfortable. God didn't put money in these people's accounts. But they are listed in the hall of faith. It was, if you read towards the end, it says it was their testimony. What will you, what will be your testimony? At the end of the day, it's your testimony, the legacy. What people say about you, what your children say about you, the kind of life you live. Nobody ever remembers how much money you have in your account. That is a mystery. That we need to understand because that is what makes you know God. So that when things are going wrong, when things are not going the way you want, you don't sit at home for years and months and say you're mad at God. Because God is actually helping you to have a track record. Because he comes back to see the track record you have. And you can only have a track record when things are not going your way. An employee that stays in the same job for 10 years, it's not because everything is always rosy. It's not. They had the same, it's the same boss. The one that stayed for three months is the same boss. What's the difference? Track record. Hmm. I have eight minutes. Okay, Lord. I'm going to start with the second one. We talked about faith now. So if I ask you, do you have faith? What kind of faith are you working on now? Is your faith all the, all the one you want is conquering faith? Or is your faith right now, God is working on you to have enduring faith? That even though that thing you've been asking for, he's not giving to you, you still have faith. Don't let somebody tell you that because God didn't answer some prayers, you don't have faith. Because God will be silent sometimes. In fact, most of the time, God is going to be silent. And in the silence of God, there is a voice. You have to find the voice of God even when he's silent. Because sometimes you ignore your children to teach them a lesson. God does the same thing for us. The silence of God is not the absence of God, people. The silence of God is never the absence of God. He speaks the loudest when it seems like he's absent. You learn so much from him when he's not speaking. Because there you really see him the way he is. That's the kind of faith we are not, most of us are not taught. And so when I see a believer, how are you? I haven't seen you in church. Oh, this has been going on. I'm like, God was just wanting to promote you. Now you've aborted it. God is just trying to show you what it takes to have a track record. God is trying to establish you, to increase your capacity to receive and give. Now, you, you, you decided you want to abort it. So people, I'm telling you this because days are coming. And I'm not a prophet of doom, believe me. But the days that we are going into, it is only those that know their God that shall be strong. Those that don't know God will not be strong. There will be a lot of people just falling by the wayside. Because the road is going to be getting narrower and narrower and narrower. The Bible says those that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits.
I'm just going to give you an introduction for the second one we're going to do next week. Promotion that comes through the mystery and pattern of a seed. A seed is probably the mustard seed. It's the smallest seed. A kernel of corn, one. You can put a kernel of corn right here on this stage, right here. Come back two years from now, it will still be there dry, no life. But you take that kernel, you dig the ground, you put that thing in, and you throw dirt on it, and you give it the right conditions. And you come back, and that thing will come again. It's a pattern. It starts with a little, that little shoot that will come out, the blade. Then it becomes a full head before you know it. But what does that seed go through become to, to go from one kernel to one, a stalk of corn that has maybe six or, or seven ears of corn in it? And if you now take each single grain out of those ears of corn, you're going to have thousands from one little grain. See, the mystery of life, and Jesus showed us that. If you're going to live anything that you want promotion in, you have to be willing to let that thing die as well. Jesus showed us that. Jesus went to the cross, was willing. He did it willingly. But it was not something he wanted to do. In the garden, he said, no, if it's possible, let this, let this be taken away from me. He even said on the cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? That was when the dirt was on top of it. When that seed, when you put that seed down and you throw dirt on it, that seed thinks, oh, I'm done for. I'm dead. Dirt. All the negative things is on top of that seed. Jesus went down, was buried, seemingly forgotten and forsaken by God. All the apostles ran away. The only one that didn't run was John. And then his mother and a few women. Everybody else scattered. So I'm telling you, in your life, when God decides to promote you, sometimes when he buries, when he allows you, not, God will not bury somebody. But God will allow circumstances to happen that it seems like you are buried. It seems like there's no light. But in that darkness, something begins to happen to that seed. In that darkness, that seed begins to take off its old coat. That thing begins to shake inside the, inside the ground. And something that you thought was dead begins to, out of it, begins to come out life. How does that happen? Stand to your feet. We'll talk about that next week. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 God is so good, I'm telling you. That some of these things you begin to understand. Then you don't cry anymore. Then you re- realize that, gosh, God actually loves you so much that he will allow some things. I know, I know what I've been through. But now I can say, God, thank you. To actually be able to say, God, thank you. And mean it because now the riches of his word. The understanding of his word. The revelation of his word. It wouldn't have ever happened. I would never get to where I am today. If not because I was buried. If not because I went through hell. In very varying areas. So don't let anything happen to you today. Make you think God has forsaken you. He hasn't. 
Something beautiful is going to come out of that. Something marvelous is going to come out of that. God is going to use your life as an example to others. Mm. Enduring faith. When everything seems like it's just going to disappear from you. When you can't see your way out. When you've cried and there are no more tears to cry. To know that you are a seed that he has put in that ground. Raise your hands. I know there are people here this morning. If you're going through stuff that you just don't see a way out, let me just pray for you. If you will come out this morning, I want to pray for you. Because I've been there when you can't, it seems like you can't even breathe. You take a breath and you, you forget to breathe out because so much, so much. But if you can just hold on, if you can just hold on, you will not die. You will not die. You will not die. You will not die. Hold on to him. Father, we want to thank you this morning. All the prayer partners, could you please come and pray for these ones here? You're just stretch your hands to these ones. I want to really pray for them. Please stretch your hands and pray in the spirit for these ones. Because if you've not been through hell, you don't understand what they are going through. Father, show yourself strong on her behalf. Father, reveal yourself to her like never before. Father, let her know you are in control even when it seems like there is no light at the end of the tunnel, oh God. Father, let her know you are doing a great work in her life, my God. 